0: you guys welcome back to rave culture podcast your weekly guide to the edm community music festivals and more i'm your host emma Capotis. i'm super excited to have you guys here for today's episode whether you're a first-time listener or you've been with us from the beginning thank you all for tuning in and listening I hope I'm catching you guys at a good time and you're all having an awesome day so far, whether you're on your commute to or from work or just hanging out. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Uh, I'm currently finishing off some leftover Chinese food uh, because I was at a music festival this weekend and didn't have time to go grocery shopping or meal prep. So, you know, the summer diet is going really well for me, but that's that's about where I'm at in my life right now. But before we get into uh, what went down this past weekend, I just want to throw in here a quick reminder. Uh, You guys can follow me at Emma Capotis on Instagram and Twitter or at Rave Culture Cast if you want to be up to date with what's going on with the podcast, see some behind the scenes clips, all that fun stuff. You guys can follow me over there um, and feel free to DM me if you guys ever have any questions, comments, concerns. I also have an email set up raveculturecast at gmail.com for you guys to send in any episode ideas you have or topics that you want me to talk about on here Um, it's been great talking to some of you guys over email I've met some really cool people through there so far so definitely feel free to reach out to me there um, if you have any feedback or you have any suggestions on episode ideas and thank you all so much for sharing this podcast um, telling your friends sending links to people I love seeing you guys screenshot your phones showing me that you're listening. Um, I'm always going to repost you guys. So thank you so much for doing that. Seriously, it means so much. I'm beyond excited to be doing this podcast. I feel like it's such a fun outlet and it just allows us to get more in depth on a ton of different topics in the EDM community versus my YouTube channel. If you guys aren't familiar, I also have a YouTube channel. That's where I started out in this community. Um, it's under my name, Emma Capotis. Feel free to pop over there. I have tons of EDM vlogs, makeup tutorials, rave fashion, and just all sorts of raver content. If you guys are looking for more stuff to binge watch, head over there. But anyway, that's all I've got here at the top of the episode. Before I get into introducing today's topic, um, I did want to go over some EDM news from the past couple of weeks. This is a segment I introduced recently and I didn't really get to cover it on my EDC Las Vegas episode or the It's Called Consent episode, which actually for a quick second, I really want to say thank you guys um, for your response to last week's podcast. It's probably one of the most important episodes I'm going to do, and it's a topic I'm extremely passionate about. So, if you guys haven't heard it yet, I would absolutely love it if you go listen. Um, it's about sexual harassment at music festivals and EDM shows, and it's just really important. I cover a lot of stuff, and I really just wanted to bring awareness to this huge issue that's happening everywhere in the world. But because this is an EDM related podcast, I wanted to talk about it um, in this context and share some of my stories, and hopes that people could relate. To it. So, thank you guys so much for your response. I've gotten some incredible DMs and other people sharing their stories with me, and I seriously take that to heart. So, thank you. But anyway, I digress. So, today I am back with EDM news. So much has happened. I cannot wait to talk to you guys about all of this, um, but I jotted down a couple of things that stood out to me in the news this past few weeks. So I have a couple show and festival announcements that I'm going to run through pretty quickly. Insomniac announced that Beyond Wonderland is going to Bogota in South America, which is pretty incredible. Uh, That's happening November 9th. Um, And I don't have too many details yet. There are things that still need to be announced, but all I know is it's um, centrally located in the nation's capital. And apparently there is a water park and roller coasters and an amusement park there as well. So that'll be really cool um, to bring that Festival to a new audience. An announcement, a huge announcement actually, just dropped today about Nocturnal Wonderland 2019, which I know is a huge favorite for a lot of ravers and people that live in California. I've personally never attended, but it's one of those insomniac camping festivals that I've just heard has the most incredible vibes. It's been around forever, and I know it's one of Pasquale's favorite festivals, but he posted on Instagram today the following message. Um, the festival's happening September 14th and 15th. Still a two-day camping festival. Um, and it is actually going to be the last year that they're having it at their iconic location at the Glen Helen Regional Park. Apparently there was some sort of sound ordinance that was put in place at the Glen Helen Amphitheater. That would not allow the festival to go on past midnight. So they are making some changes because Pasquale said he wanted to have one more send off in this location. Which I think is pretty incredible rather than just switching up the location next year. He's giving people a chance to actually attend Nocturnal where it's always been. So they are extending the hours um, two hours earlier so that there's a little bit more time. And again, the festival ends at midnight. So far, the response I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people are taking it as like very bittersweet news, especially people who love this festival. I I also heard some people complaining about it ending at midnight. But I have to say, I just went to a festival this past weekend that ended at 11. And there are some festivals in the New York City area around where I live that end on the earlier side. And I promise you guys, it's still going to be an incredible event, I think it's a great thing that he's still keeping it there and I promise you're gonna have fun even if it ends at midnight anyway so details the lineup drops tomorrow aka when this podcast is out it's happening today Wednesday June 12th and tickets go on sale Thursday June 13th at 9 a.m pacific time so stay tuned for all of that in other festival news, last weekend, Governor's Ball took place in Randall's Island in New York City. I attended just on Saturday and I actually just posted a full vlog on that if you guys want to see what my experience was like. It, it was interesting. Governor's Ball is not my favorite festival to be honest with you, but Zoo was playing and he was incredible. Um, but what really went down was on Sunday, they were basically forced to to push back the gates because there were thunderstorms in the area it was pretty bad we had pretty shitty weather around here so they delayed the opening of the gates until 6 30 p.m and mind you this is usually something I think it opens at like one so you know that was delayed quite a bit they had to update the set times that people were playing and some of the artists unfortunately weren't going to play that night and basically I guess this caused a traffic jam because instead of people arriving over like several hours everybody showed up at 6 30 p.m. when the gates were opening so I heard lines were crazy people were waiting like an hour to an hour and a half to even get into the festival and then they were monitoring the weather and there were approaching thunderstorms and lightning so they decided to shut down the festival I believe it was around like 9 or 9 30 p.m. so people were really pissed because the ones that got in only saw one or two sets before they had to evacuate the entire festival this is not their fault weather happens shit happens you can't really plan for that you know it's been really humid around here However, some things probably could have been done to prevent like the mass chaos that then happened. Uh, I do want to mention this is a 16 plus. It actually might be an all ages event. I'm not sure, but it's definitely 16 plus. So there were a bunch of videos that went viral on Twitter and these like young kids were ripping apart art installations and it was just really horrible. They were like trashing the venue and saying shit about it. And yeah, I might do a full episode on how I feel about all age festivals because it just there's something about the maturity level there that's missing so it was really upsetting to see all these things destroyed Um, but they did address it very quickly they released a note on their Instagram immediately and addressed everything that happened so I thought their response was pretty great but they really were just trying to salvage the festival on Sunday because they wanted people to get their money's worth so that happened uh, in other news, EDC Las Vegas already announced their 2020 dates, which is fucking crazy. They literally announced it like two weeks after we got home. Your girl still had whiplash from the festival and they're already announcing tickets and people have already bought them for next year. Um, It's happening May 15th, 16th, 17th and it's special because they are celebrating 10 years in Las Vegas, so that's really cool. I don't think any of the camping stuff has gone on sale yet because I know People had such a positive response to camping this year. So I think a ton of people are going to be doing that that next year. So hopefully they um, anticipate the amount of people that are going to be doing that option. Anyway, they did have a deposit. It was only 10 bucks down and then 10 monthly payments. So I know a lot of people already booked their tickets and are doing that. I still, I'm on the fence, you guys. I don't have an answer. It's too soon for me to decide. I still have like two more festivals that I need to go to uh, this summer alone. So I'm not even thinking about 2020 yet. What else? Um, in new music news, Skrillex teased that he is going to be coming out with a ton of new music that music that he's been sitting on. Um, they have their Dog Blood EP that just came out, which is really cool. They um are playing at Electric Zoo in August, so I'm really excited to see Dog Blood for the first time. The Alchemy tour was announced, which is Seven Lions and Good Vibrations, which is Nightmare and Slander, and then the Glitch Mob. That sounds incredible. I hope that that comes through New York City because I would die to see all of those people together. And then Elenium just dropped today that his album is going to be coming out, his third album. It's called Ascend and it's dropping August 16th. And he said there's going to be a huge tour announcement following that as well. So stay tuned for that. Now this I'm just going to really quickly touch on because we've got a lot of news today. But there was also all the shit that went down with Zed and Matthew Coma. Basically, these guys have a long history together um, they have worked together on some of Zed's most popular songs um, and coma basically came forward alleging that Zed took credit for lyrics um, that coma wrote and sang and he basically posted this note publicly on Twitter to Zed and it went viral it stirred up a lot of conversation about it and you know Zed actually did respond to this and you know he basically said he was saddened by this he thinks Matthew Coma is an incredible writer he hopes that they can one day be friends and sit down and talk about this he sort of told his side of the story and how all of these songs came about and yeah so who knows what's going to happen maybe they'll take it offline and go talk but that stirred up just a lot of conversations about writing and the people and producers behind all of these songs of these popular EDM artists. So you guys can go read their notes. They're probably still posted on Twitter. And yeah, read both sides of the story and decide for yourself what you think about that all right two things i just want to mention that have to do with charity which we absolutely love and want to support on this podcast um electric family has launched a pride collection so go and check out their website and support them um all of their proceeds that they make on sales go towards la's lgbt center so that is incredible love is love let's celebrate it this month And in Porter Robinson news, his festival, Second Sky Music Festival, is happening this upcoming weekend. I know there's a lot of people who are really, really excited about it. Um, It's really cool that he put together this whole festival and has a nice lineup. The other day on Instagram, he posted a really personal and heartfelt note um, that in November of 2016, his then 17-year-old younger brother Mark was hospitalized with an aggressive form of cancer called Burkitt lymphoma. As of February 2017, his brother Mark finished treatment and is now 100% cancer free which is absolutely incredible and I was so happy to hear that. So why we're talking about this and why I'm sharing it on the podcast I'm going to read this word for word. The survival rate for Burkitt lymphoma in the U.S. is 90% or higher but for kids in Malawi where it's much more common due to the connection between malaria and this form of cancer the survival rate can be as low as 29%. So Porter is starting a fund in cooperation with UNC to help improve the survival rate in that region so that those families won't have to needlessly lose loved ones. In this case, more resources translates directly into higher survival rates. This is incredible. Um, So what they are doing at Second Sky Festival this weekend, they're going to have a booth and Mark's doctor is going to be there, which is incredible, um, to share this information and accept donations for the cause. They have a goal to raise $50,000, you guys. I hope that you surpass this and more. Um, if you're at the festival, definitely try and find time to go stop by the booth and donate. Um, and Porter is going to match everyone's donations at the festival, which is super incredible. Um, you can also support it online if you're not going. You can find information at www.RobinsonMallowifund.org. And I'll spell that M-A-L-A-W-I-Fund.org. All right, that was a huge chunk of EDM news, but all important stuff that I wanted to share with you guys. So now we can get into the episode, which I'm super, super pumped about. So this past weekend I actually had the opportunity to attend my first bass music festival and my first music festival in Canada. So two in one, which is incredible. Since there were a lot of firsts and I really hope to do um, a lot of festival reviews here on this podcast, I wanted to dedicate an episode fully to talking about this experience, what it was like, so that you guys are a little bit more informed. If you want to check this festival out next year, you know a little bit more about it and you sort of get my opinion on it and my thoughts. And that festival is Ever After Music. Music festival. It takes place in Kitchener, Ontario. It was about, like, I want to say 45, 50 minutes outside of Toronto. That's where I flew into. Um, But I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about how I found out about this festival, why I wanted to go. um, And then, yeah, and then we're going to get into the whole thing. I'm going to describe what went down, um, my thoughts on it, pros, cons, and give you guys my just honest opinion on everything. I also am doing daily vlogs on my YouTube channel, which will be going out the end of this week and over the weekend. I got so much footage, you guys. I really went in this year. So it was also my first media pass, which is super exciting. Literally was one of my main goals and I can't – it feels surreal that that happened. Like when I started all of this, I was like, oh my god, if I could – create content and just travel to music festivals and do that like as a job that would be my goal so to actually do that this past weekend and be able to come back and have all this incredible footage to share with you guys is like this is a dream it's the best thing in the entire world anyway yeah keep your eye out for those vlogs I think you guys are really going to enjoy them okay so I actually became familiar with Ever After this past year, probably a couple months ago because I saw their lineup posted online and that was like the thing that immediately drew me in. Um for some people it's the experience or the crowd or the location, for other people it's like they see a lineup drop and that is it, it's all over. So that's how it was for me personally. It was such an eclectic group. Um it is primarily a bass and dubstep oriented festival, but then they also had drum and bass and then they had a house stage on one of the days too and I personally I'm super into house, tech house, techno, um, but I'm a lover of all EDM genres personally. Like I'm definitely not just like a house head, you guys. I can get down with the bass. I like a little bit of everything, a little bit of headbanging. I love trance music, so I I really like a range. But really quickly, just the names that stood out to me, which made me want to get a ticket. Um, Obviously the headliners Excision and Millennium. Mala, one of my favorite artists. I was super excited. Green Velvet, Chris Lake, Justin Martin, Chocolate Puma, Wax Motif, Bijou, Zomboy, Peekaboo, I was really intrigued by, Gigi McGree, um, Kill the Snails, Feed Me, G. Jones, Gentleman's Club, Um, just all these artists. I was like, wow, this is such a cool mix. And then on Sunday of the festival, they had like all of the back-to-back-to-back-to-back sets you could possibly imagine. So that was also extremely intriguing to see on a lineup. So I was hooked immediately, looked into flights, was like, oh, it's only an hour flight about from New York City. Like, I'm doing this. This is easy. I got to do this. Uh, And one of my really good friends who I met through my gym is like an excision fanatic. She loves heavy shit. She plays dubstep in our gym classes all the time. I told her about it. We talk about EDM all the time and she was like, fuck yes, I'm going with you. So just like that, we decided we were going to go. And then I got in touch with the team at Ever After and I reached out to them and I said I would absolutely love to cover your festival for my channel Um, and we got together and I got a media pass so that was super incredible and thank you guys so much at the Ever After team for hooking that up for me. So after it was decided that we were going, I did what pretty much like a lot of people would do. I started looking up videos on YouTube just to see what people were saying about it and reading reviews and comments on Reddit just to see what people thought about last year and the festival in general because this was the fifth year that Ever After um, was happening. So it's an all-ages event. So that was the first thing that stuck out to me because... Typically I don't like going to events that are all ages or a 16 plus just because I prefer an older crowd. But that didn't end up being a problem and I'll talk about that later. I also read some comments um, that were more on the negative side that were saying last year's sound system wasn't the best and there weren't nearly enough water refill stations. Apparently they had this huge issue with not having enough water. But those were the only main concerns that I saw. Um, I knew it was a smaller festival. There were only two stages that I knew of. Um, it turns out I'll call it two and a half. There technically was a third stage, but it was very, very small. It was for local artists um, from the Ontario area. So I kind of like went into it knowing, like, okay, this might be more of like a local festival. I knew it wasn't going to be like an EDC Las Vegas, like huge, crazy production. Um, they did offer camping, which I knew immediately I wasn't going to do just because it was like a new area to me. So. Yeah, I kind of just thought of it as like this is a new opportunity. Um, I don't cover as much bass music on my channel. So I was like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to see so many new artists I've never seen perform, which is very exciting to me as a fan of EDM. Um, And I wanted to go do a festival in Canada. I wanted to meet more of my subscribers. Um, I had a good friend from YouTube, the Festival Finesser. If you guys are not familiar with him, go check him out. Um, He really like heavily covers dubstep and rhythm and bass music and that's like way more his genre so he had gone to the festival last year and he had some vlogs on it so I was like okay I'll know some other people going so that was where my head was at going into this festival so now I'm going to talk a little bit about my travel plans and some suggestions for you guys if you are thinking about going next year but before we do that I'm just going to take a super quick break here uh, just a reminder, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Emma Capotis or at Rave Culture Cast. I have a bunch of pictures and videos and fun stuff up there from Ever After. So if you guys want to go check out all that stuff, go ahead and follow us there. And again, please feel free to send in any episode ideas or topics you want me to cover to Rave Culture Cast at gmail.com. Hit me up there. Send me some messages. Say what's up. All right. Let's just get right back into the episode. Okay, so I just briefly mentioned um, as far as travel and lodging options for Ever After, um, it is a camping festival. So there is an option to drive there. If you're more local, you can park your car and do a tent or you can bring an RV. Um, the campgrounds are literally right next to the festival. Um, I got a bunch of video of that, but yeah, it's super close there. I will say though, I don't think it's make or break for, festi- for this festival. It's not like an electric forest or or a lost land situation where I feel like you everybody is definitely camping the option is just there um, and it's convenient if you want to do that there is also a water park located directly pretty much inside or next to the festival um, that I know a lot of the campers took advantage of so that is included in your festival ticket purchase as well so you could definitely go do that if you want to um, I'll talk about that a little bit more in depth in a bit but um, I did hear from some people that I ran into that their camping space that they actually had was really really big so that was cool they said they had a ton of room um, I will say a ton of people at this festival did Airbnbs. Almost everyone I talked to was pretty much in an Airbnb um, or you can also do a hotel option. So when I looked into the festival, the website was something I heavily relied on. When I first went on there a couple months ago, it was a little tricky to navigate like I felt like some of the information wasn't updated but then when it got closer to the festival they definitely made some improvements to everything and I found it really helpful because they suggested um, hotels and they also had shuttle information so um, my friend Emily and I decided to do the Sunbridge Hotel which was one of the shuttle stops they had um, there were shuttle buses that ran to three different hotels so you had I think it was like a purple line a red line or a green line so that was convenient so I booked the hotel hotel which ended up being I think it was two hundred and seventy one dollars a person for four nights Um, and it was perfectly fine it was literally like a 20 minute ride to the festival and like I said Um, the shuttles ran I think like every half an hour so it was super easy we just met the bus we always got a seat there was never really an issue doing that and then we didn't have to think about calling Ubers and stuff so yeah that was great and the Sunbridge was actually um, in Cambridge and the area we were in there was a ton of stuff to just walk to so there was a supermarket there was a huge liquor store a Tim Hortons and just food around us so we had stuff to do during the day and we could just like walk around to things we didn't have to Uber anywhere else it was all in our area so I would suggest looking into the hotels that are on their shuttle line if you guys are interested next year. Um, the one thing I will say about the shuttle experience, it wasn't so much Friday and Saturday, but on Sunday, um, the one thing I didn't love is it said that the shuttles would be running continuously from the festival. So Sunday, Emily and I personally left about 15 minutes early during the Millennium set because we had to be up at 3 a.m. for a flight. So we boarded the shuttle bus at 1045 and literally were the only people on there and then a couple people trickled in and we thought the bus would leave to, like, get us home early because we had been sitting on it for, like, 20 minutes. Um, and it didn't. It waited till it was completely full. So the festival ended, a set ended, and I think we ended up taking off at, like, 11 15. So we ended up sitting for almost 40 minutes on the bus. So that kind of sucked. It kind of defeated the purpose of us leaving the festival early. We honestly should have just stayed for the end of millennium. But yeah, we, we can kick ourselves now. So that was the only thing leaving the festival Saturday and Sunday. We did have to like wait for it to fill up. Um, but I understand that they probably didn't have enough buses running. All right, so let's get into the actual festival itself. So, um, entry. Entry was literally no problem, you guys. Um, the first day, so Emily bought a VIP pass because I had the media pass. Um, and we did have almost the exact same access. Media had a little bit more, but I'll get into that in a second. So the first day we ended up walking through general admission because we bumped into these two girls on her bus who were absolutely lovely and one of them was 16 and needed to be escorted in by an adult so we were like okay no problem we'll walk you guys in through general admission so we went in through there literally no problem at all um I'll say security is more thorough then like EDC Las Vegas like they definitely did a pat down and like looked through my stuff but there weren't any metal detectors nothing crazy um you guys were allowed to bring weed into this festival because it is legal I think it was only up to 10 grams a day though um, so that was very interesting for me. I've never been at a festival where you could legally bring weed in. So that was pretty interesting. It smelled like weed the entire weekend. But uh, maybe that's why everyone was so chill. Also because Canadians are just fucking awesome. But anyway, um, then on Saturday and Sunday, we ended up going through the VIP entrance. And again, no issues. Everything moved pretty quickly so that was great all right the next thing I want to talk about is just sort of like the location and the setup Um, so when you walked into the festival there were sort of the two main stages well main stage and then secondary stage and then there was this third one that I mentioned it was kind of under this like little gazebo thing I call it a half stage it was this tiny little setup but anyway they say that there are three stages The secondary stage is sort of towards the entrance. It's at the top of this hill. It was really beautiful. The whole setup. Um, There was a pavement area. And then there was a grassy hill that people could sit on and watch the show. And then camping was down at the bottom of the hill. Um, They did have some food and drink vendors up by the secondary stage. And then there was this like steep ass hill that you had to walk down and up to get to main stage. I took plenty of videos of that. Because it was a hustle every day. And I did see some people like eat shit going down that hill. Which kind of sucked. But yeah. And then you would walk down this hill. And then there was an area that they called like the Enchanted Forest. That had all these inflatable like decorations. And they had a ton of different games that I saw people playing all weekend. And it was a more shaded area to get out of the sun. And then over from that they had a flatter grassy area at the bottom of the hill. Um, They had some carnival games. They had a Gravitron. A Ferris wheel again bars and food and drink vendors they had some like inflatable structures that you could go under for shade and like photo ops and things like that and then there was a whole pavemented area which is where the main stage was at Um, and then they had a roped off sort of sectioned VIP area and a viewing platform so that was this whole setup the whole thing wasn't that big like maybe it took 10 minutes to walk from main stage to the secondary stage it wasn't anything crazy It was kind of nice that there were only a few options because I felt like this weekend overall was just so relaxed and chill. I didn't feel nearly as stressed as I do at other festivals. It's also because there were a lot of people on the lineup that I was seeing for the first time, so I wasn't like on the strict schedule that I had to get to all these people. You know, I had a couple people that I was like dying to see. Anyways, so food options. So they had a ton of stuff. I really thought they did a good job. Um, You know, I got to get poutine and some Canadian food. That was great. And then they had just like traditional carnival food like funnel cake and burgers and chicken tenders. Um, You know, they had a good amount of bars. Like I said, we were in the VIP area for a large portion of the festival. It wasn't anything big, um, but by main stage it was to the left and you basically just had to show your pass to go in there. There was a viewing platform, but it looked like that was only for bottle service or tables because they had seats up there and we never went up there. So I'm not really sure what the deal was with that. It kind of looked like you had to be doing table service to actually go up there and sit there but I'm not entirely sure and then at main stage you walked towards the back and they had a glitter bar set up for the whole weekend so I saw people getting glitter in their hair and glitter makeup they had a little photo booth um a water refill station back in VIP and then a bar back in VIP. What did I eat this weekend? I got like a grilled cheese with like fajita chicken that was really good I got um pulled barbecue chicken poutine I got funnel cake I got this delicious lemonade every day because it was so damn hot you guys I will never c- complain about heat because I love the heat like the cold is the worst thing ever to me so I thought the weather was beautiful it was sunny every single day it got a little cloudy on Sunday but nothing bad Um, I was fucking sweating like I was really really sweating I ended up buying a little ever after bucket hat um, and I, you know, didn't put on as much sunscreen as I should have, but we definitely were trying to find, like, any shaded areas that we could because, honestly, there were a couple moments where I th- I thought I was getting, like, heat stroke. I, I needed to be drinking more water for sure. But anyways, um, I'll really quickly talk on the water refill situation since that was an issue in 2018. So, they had announced prior to the festival that, you know, they heard all the complaints and they were addressing them this year. Like, it was unacceptable. They didn't have enough free water, so... What I saw is at the top of the hill at the secondary stage they had a water refill and then like I said VIP at main stage had its own water refill and then there was a second one um, that was towards the grassy area near main stage um, which was like general and then all of the bars and all of the food vendors had water you could buy it was like five dollars Canadian for a bottle of water so we would just buy one of those and then we would fill up our water bottle the rest of the weekend so I personally felt like they had plenty of places to go buy waters and drinks if you needed it and yeah and I thought all the employees were really incredible I want to just say that like I did not have one unpleasant experience or interaction the whole goddamn weekend you guys Seriously, I I need to do every festival in Canada because people were so polite and incredible. I was going to talk about this later, but you know what? I'm just going to jump right into the people and the crowd because that is one of the biggest make or break things about a festival in my opinion. Like if you have a bad crowd or obnoxious people, that can sort of like ruin your time. And overall, these kids and adults that were there were so respectful and polite the stereotype is totally true Canadians are super kind um I didn't experience like any sexual harassment ass grabbing no hitting on no being nobody creeped me out um there wasn't any real pushing that I saw in the crowds and even at main stage that got pretty crowded maybe there were a couple people who didn't know like personal space and it got a little annoying but we would just move out of the way there was nothing out of the ordinary um, people behaved themselves. There was nobody that I saw that was, like, super fucked up, which typically at larger festivals, like, of course, people are on drugs and some people can be really obnoxious. But we didn't experience any of that this weekend. And, like, some people were – I did the – kids throwing up in garbage cans like that was happening there were definitely kids drinking I mean the legal drinking age is 19 so that was happening but yeah no complaints I thought the crowd was incredible the subscribers that I met the people that I met throughout the weekend and the crowd um the time I spent with the PR team get in PR you guys were incredible um I met a new friend Adam I'm gonna link his information in my YouTube video he's super awesome I made a bunch of friends with people who also had media passes because we were all going into like the photo pit together I just I networked so much this weekend I was so proud of myself like I really I brought my business cards and I feel like I am starting to get my name out there and that felt incredible so I yeah I just I really thought the people were awesome and I got to meet a lot of really cool people and that's like the best but anyway they, they also had um, a truck that said support not stigma which I thought was incredible so um, they did have support staff that was walking around and checking on people and making sure that everybody was all right and like I said weed um, was allowed in so that was the first time I ever experienced that nobody seemed to be out of control like I said like weed is the most chill thing ever I thought everybody did was fine the smell didn't bother me it was good I did really like that a lot of people like got dressed up and It still was pretty ravey. I I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe it would be a little bit more chill and casual, but no, like there were tons of people in group costumes. Um, Emily and I noticed like a ton of people in matching outfits. People were in full festival and rave gear. Um, I know that I wore like a couple outfits that I was really comfortable in and I had a lot of fun getting dressed up and doing festival hair and stuff. So I was really excited to see everybody getting like super into it. All right, so now I'm going to talk about again another huge, huge draw to a festival the production. So, stage designs, um, sound systems. I personally loved. Main stage, I think for, again, like for what this festival is, it's a smaller festival. I thought they did a great job. Um, they had all these LED screens. Um, the lighting was really awesome at night. The visuals were super cool. The artists definitely like all brought their individual personalities up there and had their own visuals going on. Um, I also felt like we always had enough room. Like we definitely went up at main stage for only a couple sets. We were mainly in the VIP area, but VIP also got extremely crowded. Um, one thing I will mention is at the very end of the festival when like the headliners were on, so Kill the Snails, Excision and Illenium, um, there was not another artist playing at the second stage. It was only the artist at main stage, which I thought was going to be a horrible idea because you can't really control the crowd because now the entire festival is like combining to all be at one stage. I was like, oh my God, like this is a crowd control issue. I don't know why they would do that. You should always have somebody on in another stage. But it ended up being fine. Even during Millennium, I saw some room like in GA at main stage. So yeah, I thought that there was enough room at um the main stage. Vibe was really cool and I got some awesome videos. Like I said, this was the first time I ever got to go up in the photo pit. Um, I got like the first 10 minutes to go in there for any sets that I wanted to see Um, besides like Excision and Millennium. They wouldn't let us go in for them. But. I was, like, living my dream life. Like, it was so fucking cool, you guys. I can't even tell you. I'm so happy that I get to do this, and I'm, I am hope you know how passionate I am about it. But I got tons of videos of people headbanging, and I got, like, right up in front of Mala. I seriously was fangirling so hard. Anyway, um, so then the secondary stage was a different thing. Uh, genre each day so the first day I think it was called like chop up hill or chop up arena and it was a lot of drum and bass artists and then on Saturday it was hosted by the upside down house so it was all house artists which you know your girl was there the whole fucking day I was dying it was like bijou wax motif Chalka puma Justin Martin Chris Lake and then green velvet to end the day so I was like popping in and out um but oh my god you guys I met bijou wax motif and Chris Lake Can we just... R.I.P. Emma can we just take a minute I was freaking the fuck out I went up front and they were all just like hanging out on the side watching Chris Lake so I was like no Emma you like you have to get the confidence and go up and say hi so Bijou and Matt Waxmotiv were, were really nice they gave me a little shout out on my vlog and I gave them both my my business card and Wax said he appreciated my hustle so I, <laughs> I really liked that and then Chris Lake was super kind they were all going to the front of the stage and like taking pictures with everybody hanging out there and so he was super nice I told him I loved his EDC set so the one thing I will say I personally thought the second stage kind of felt a little forgotten about at times definitely not on Sunday because it was hosting all of the back-to-back sets like Riot 10 back-to-back Sullivan King was so fucking crowded it was crazy the crowd was going nuts design wise it was okay it was a little forgettable they just had these like inflatable like toadstools to the right and left of the stage I don't know it kind of just felt thrown together and a little bit forgotten about I think next year it would be really cool if they brought even more production and, and made it more of a thing um versus like just having main stage be sort of like the headlining thing and then secondary stage sort of being a little forgotten about I don't know I would love to see them step up the production next year Sound system-wise, I think they announced beforehand that they were bringing like 750,000 watts of bass to the stages. You guys, the sound was fucking phenomenal. It sounded so goddamn good. It was so loud from like any angle I was standing at, even when I was in the back. I even said to Emily at the second stage, I was like, "I we were sitting up on the hill listening. I was like, I couldn't even believe how freaking loud it was." So they completely addressed any issues that they had with sound, and I thought it was like top-top quality. Um another thing at the secondary stage I thought was kind of cool. Um this area just in general I thought could have been improved. Um, they did have at the top of the hill like the food vendors and drink vendors but they only had two bars both of which were like super packed and had really long lines and then they did have like first aid and at the top of the hill they had like a shaded area that had like beer pong and foosball and stuff like that so that was cool Um, I didn't think the food options were the best though there was a whole like Asian section that was okay but there weren't too many options at the top of the hill versus like at the bottom so you would have to like Walk all the way down to main stage if you didn't like any of the food options up there. The VIP area also felt thrown together to me. Again, it was this very small, like gated area. It kind of seemed pointless. It was this extremely small, gated area you could stand in. We didn't even go in there, there was no point. And then there was the area that you could go up a couple steps and it was a platform. And again, there were these little chairs and like a tented area but we weren't sure if that was table service only or not. So, yeah, there was an extreme lack of shading at the secondary stage which was very noticeable on Saturday and Sunday when it was extremely hot. We were standing at the the stages for a little bit and we were like, "Okay, we have to go down by main stage to go find some shade for a little bit." Um one thing we did do that was really great is we did a locker for the weekend. Um it wasn't that expensive. I want to say maybe it was like 60 bucks for the whole weekend and we split it um but that was great because anytime we didn't want to hold our water um we brought sweatshirts from one night we didn't even need them we bought a bunch of merch we put it in our locker and then we didn't have to worry about it we left stuff in there overnight so that was great we could sort of just like put stuff away and then come back to it when we needed it um in general though just going back to the vip experience i thought it was great again I did not pay for my ticket I had a media pass but Emily did like what she got out of it um Emily's 30 I'm 28 so we kind of liked just to have the option to have a more separate area if we wanted it and again it was convenient right so you had bars you had a water refill you had the trailer bathrooms which were so nice in general though all of the porta potties were clean. These were the cleanest goddamn porta potties I've ever seen in the general admission area. Everywhere they had their shit together, <laughs> shit together, but they were clean. We saw people going in and cleaning them. So yeah, you know, um, I think VIP is good if you do want that space. You want to go up to the front of the stage, but I don't know if it was totally worth it. I I can't fully say. I didn't think that this was VIP service that was like incredible. It's nothing super extraordinary, to be honest with you. Um, One thing again that was included in the ticket was this like Splash Island which was this water park and the way they advertised it sounded better than what it actually was in my opinion and I guess I can't fully speak to it because I didn't go up there and like go on any of the the, um, rides but it seemed to be like only the campers were doing it everyone else was sort of like yeah, I'm not really going to bring my bathing suit and then get wet and change. Like I'm here to see the artists and I don't really have time to go do that. Versus if you were camping, you had access to it. Um, On Friday, it looked closed. I'm not 100% certain, but I did not see a single person up there. And then I asked somebody and they were like, oh, I don't think it's open yet. So that was confusing. But Saturday and Sunday, I did see people going down um, and they had big tubes and like rides that you could go on so I mean it kind of looked cool and it was really hot so you did have that option to cool down if you wanted to. They also had like I said cute photo ops, tons of games so there was plenty of entertainment if you wanted to do any of those things people were going on um, the rides that they had and like hanging out in the little like inflatable things and in the enchanted forest so that that element was cool. Um, I'm going to take one quick break here before I give you guys my final thoughts on the festival. Alrighty I just wanted to remind you guys that you can see all of this in action in my daily ever after vlogs they will be coming out at the end of this week and over the weekend so stay tuned for those um and you can also follow me on instagram at emma Capotis if you guys want to see any of the photos and videos I've posted already um but yeah but stay tuned over there go follow go subscribe if you haven't already I appreciate it so so much um I'm so excited for you guys to see this footage it's awesome Okay, so my final thoughts on Ever After 2019. It truly took me by surprise. I am so happy that I went. I I cannot even exaggerating Emily and I were looking at each other the whole weekend and we were like this is so much fun. I just the crowd and the people really made the festival the production was better than we expected and we didn't go into it with low expectations but we thought it was just going to be like a smaller local festival so the production was better than we thought it was going to be The lineup was awesome. I got to discover so many bass artists. I've been listening to so much like bass and dubstep music since the festival in the last couple of days. Gigi McGree ended up being my favorite set of the weekend. You guys should go follow her. She fucking killed it. It was so much fun. She was like during the day. I think she was like at three o'clock or something on main stage. It wasn't even crowded yet. She was incredible. Of course, I loved Elenium. I loved Excision. I liked Sudden Death a lot. Sam Martin was great and I actually only caught first 15 minutes of Feed Me and I wish I had stayed at main stage for Feed Me. He was great. And um, yeah, just hearing some drum and bass for the first time at a music festival. Like, I don't know. I thought it was um, a nice mix of people. Um, Some of the heavier stuff I'm like still not that into. Like some people kind of sounded the exact same to me, but that's just me personally. Who else? I thought... Blank had a really great set G Jones Gentleman's Club I really liked all of those sets I liked to kill the snails more than I thought that I would so that was a good time of course Mala my boy Mala um, chocolate Puma, all the house acts I've, I loved um, but yeah I think that they did a great job making improvements it seemed like they addressed the issues that they had from years before I got to do a meet up oh I didn't even mention this I got to do a meet up with the festival finesser and another one with Graham Green as well um, so it was awesome to meet you guys I I traded candy I got to hang out and just meet a lot of new people and I can say I came out of the festival with some new friends so that's incredible and yeah overall I I ended up liking the size of the festival I didn't feel stressed at any points I feel like Emily and I had time to sit down and hang out and just have some drinks and just really enjoy the experience and not feel rushed or feel pressured it didn't take us long to get to and from the festival that was the beauty of it it took us literally like 20 minutes to get there every day no problem with entry clean bathrooms so you guys I can't recommend it more especially if you're in the area I think this would be a great first festival if you've never been to a festival I think this would be great Uh, you can totally camp if that's what you want to do but I think Airbnb and hotels would be as just a good of an option as camping is So yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I would totally go back. Um, I'm really, really grateful that I got the opportunity to go this year. It's this is what I want to do. I want to experience more and more shows and festivals so that I can let you guys know what they're like. So you're spending your hard earned money on, you know, the good festivals, the best ones that are out there and you can get sort of like the full deal. And I'm always going to be honest with you guys and let you know like exactly how things went. So I hope you like these fully dedicated episodes um, to festivals. Please, you know, leave me feedback. Feel free to DM me. Feel free to email raveculturecast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about these episodes. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. I really like took notes the whole weekend. So I I didn't miss anything major, but it was such a good time. Cannot wait for you guys to see all the footage. So that's all that I've got for you for this week's episode. Again you guys can follow me at Emma Capotis or at Rave Culture Cast on Instagram and on Twitter. Stay in touch with me there. You guys can DM me. Um, I love chatting with all of you and i mentioned a million times i'm on youtube so feel free to go watch all the vlogs there subscribe hang out i've got a ton of content coming up um you guys can also catch me at electric zoo this summer and i just announced i'm going to imagine music festival in atlanta in september so i will be having meetups at all of these i hope to see you guys at a show very very soon if you guys would rate and review on itunes i would absolutely love it i love to get your feedback i hope you're enjoying everything again screenshot when you guys are listening please share it on your insta stories get the word out share this episode with your friends um yeah and let's just keep growing this community i know we have such a tight-knit group you guys are also awesome i love meeting our you know rave culture family members so thank you guys so much for the support i appreciate it so much and i will be back next week with a new episode bye